Psalm 23, let's get into the Word of God, and let's read these six verses together, and then dive right into this. A Psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no, I will fear no, no evil, I'll get it out. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I think this is probably, I mean, I didn't look up any surveys or anything, but just in interacting with people and, and whatnot, I think this is probably the most popular psalm in, in all the psalms and probably one of the most popular chapters in the Bible. And listen, as believers, I mean, this is just sheer awesomeness, these words here. I think, though, that one thing that really needs to be thrown out, because it is such a popular psalm and, and chapter in the Bible, I've heard so many people who even despise the Lord Jesus Christ try to claim this for themselves. This is God's love letter for his children. And notice how David starts this psalm out. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. And let me tell you, if your faith is in Jesus Christ tonight, if he's your Lord and your Savior, then he is your shepherd. And you can say the Lord is my shepherd. But if he's not your Lord and Savior tonight, if you're your own Lord, if you have your faith anchored in something other than, than him, he is not your shepherd. He is a shepherd, but he wants to be your shepherd. And he has made the way to be your shepherd. And it's as simple as coming to the great shepherd and confessing that you are a lost sheep, and you are a lost sheep that has uh, sinned against the good shepherd, and you would like to receive forgiveness from him, and you would like him to be your Lord and your Savior, and that means your shepherd who guides you and leads you, and your Lord who is your God, and listen, you come to him, and he'll meet you where you're at, and uh, he even cries out for you, and he wants to be your Lord. Uh, think of Matthew 9.36, and, and there's so much about shepherding in the Bible, and Jesus often talks about being a shepherd, but just kind of starting this off, seeing David's words here, my shepherd, not everyone can say that. In fact, Jesus, I mean, a verse we talk about oftentimes where the Lord says, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and there's many that go through it, and narrow is the gate that leads to life, and there's a few that go through it, and we know that he speaks of himself there, he's the narrow gate, and and. That means there's not a lot of people, there's, there's, there's far less that can say he's my shepherd than, than can't say that. Uh, and yet, as the Lord looks out upon all of those whom he wants to be their shepherd, and yet they reject him from being their shepherd, this was his heart towards them. And this was his heart towards us before we came to Christ. And he even gives us instruction that what we should do about the fact that there's lost sheep. And there's so many people that the Lord is not their shepherd. Matthew 9, 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And he looked out over this mass amount of people. And listen, this is God Almighty in the flesh. 
He saw past just all the physical needs that they had, and he could see into their hearts. And he saw that they were scattered and they were weary spiritually. And, and they couldn't say, the bulk of them, the Lord is my shepherd. And notice here, he was moved with compassion for them. And then he said in verse 37, or in verse 37, it says, Then he said to the disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And tonight, listen, tonight, can you say, The Lord is my shepherd? Can you say amen to that? Amen. Then, then we need to know that there's a lot of sheep out there, and the Lord has compassion. And the Lord told those who could say, The Lord is my shepherd. Listen, the harvest is truly plentiful. And make no mistake, even in this delusional world that we're living in, in this delusional nation we are living in, the harvest is plentiful. There are people getting saved. There are people getting born again. There are people getting, you know, baptized as that outward profession of getting born again. I've seen people get born again left and right in our own community, getting plugged into this church, growing, into the, growing in the Lord. Um, the enemy, though, wants to uh, make us think, well, no one's getting saved anymore. The harvest is, is plentiful. But it is true, the laborers are few. And, and he instructs us to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. And we need to be doing that. Lord, raise up laborers, and we need to be praying, Lord, raise me up. Because he's called us to be laborers. Not to go earn our salvation, it's been earned, but to go be about the business of the Lord. And part of our laboring is actually praying. And praying for lost sheep and praying for folks that don't know him. And praying for opportunities and praying for courage to be able to share our faith and share the gospel and to stand for truth. And, uh, you know, just in preparing this, this is just what the Lord began to lay in my heart. I want to be obedient to share it. Because you're like, well, we should be talking about the Lord being our shepherd, not those who, who he's not their shepherd but there was a time when we couldn't say the Lord is my shepherd, and now we can, and the same was true even with David. Um, I love 1 Peter 2.25, kind of along the same lines. It says, for you were like sheep going astray, but, now you have, but, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Isn't that good news? We were in that time, too, where we had gone astray, uh, where we couldn't say that. But as he called, he drew us in. And what a wonderful thing, as the Lord is my shepherd... He's the overseer of my soul. He's the overseer of your soul tonight in Jesus Christ. And uh, this is why we can have confidence that in Christ Jesus, listen, my soul is going to be with him forever because he's the overseer of it. Amen. And there's been times I've been put in charge of stuff, and I haven't overseen it very well. And other times I've maybe done a decent job. But uh, listen, when the Lord oversees something, you better guarantee he's going to oversee it well. And... Uh, He's going to keep his eyes on his sheep, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to this in a second here. His sheep aren't going to be snatched out of his hands. Um, again, the Lord is my shepherd, and he is a good shepherd. 1 John 10, 11, Jesus Christ speaking here, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And you ever think about it? Maybe, I don't know, I just get weird thoughts. Sometimes I just start thinking about stuff, and I start thinking, what if God wasn't good? What if, what if he wasn't the good shepherd? You know, and I know there's a lot of liars that want to make out God being the problem. They're ignorant. They don't understand that man's sin is the root of death 
and of, of pain. And Satan is the author of lies who lied to man, saying, listen, if you eat of the tree, you're not going to die. You're going to be like God. And, and uh, man listened to that. And it set forth just, a, just set death forward. And some people say, well, you know, God shouldn't have allowed man to do that. Well, you know what? Listen, to be a real individual, you've got to have a free will. And God didn't make us a bunch of statues and, and dummies. He created us. Well, we're dummies, but he created us to have a free will. You know, I mean, are you loving your child if you say, listen, nothing bad's going to happen to you, so I'm going to cage you up in your bedroom for the rest of your life? Is that a loving parent? Is that a real loving relationship? I mean, that's, that's a crime is what that is. And so he created us with a free will, and man sinned, and man in his sin. When he listened to that lie of Satan, brought forth death. But he is a good shepherd. And notice here, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And indeed he did that. Verse 12, but a hireling, uh, he who was not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I... and am known by my own, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. And he says it twice in the psalm. And notice this is Psalm 23. We're looking at Psalm 22 on Sunday morning. And psalm 22 is all about Jesus laying down his life for a sheep. And other sheep I have which are not in this fold, them I must bring. Speaking about Gentiles there. And they will hear my voice. And there, uh, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And so listen, as he's the good shepherd, let's hear his voice, amen? And let's respond to his voice. And let's beware that we're not being led astray by, by false shepherds, hirelings. And boy, there's a lot of hirelings in the world today. Jesus talks about that. A lot of liars. A lot of men that want to make merchandise of the sheep and just use the sheep to make a name for themselves. But he says, you know, my sheep hear my voice. And we want to hear his voice. And as we're opening up the word of God, we're hearing his voice. You say, I want to hear from God, then open up the word of God. And uh, as we get deeper into this, we're talking about green pastures. We're, we're in a green pasture tonight. You know that? Psalm 23, this is a green pasture. This is God's word. And he leads us into these green pastures to feed us, to nourish us, and so forth. Not only is the good shepherd, he's also, listen, the great shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Not only is he the good shepherd, he's the great shepherd. And as the good shepherd there at this point with his disciples, he was saying, I lay down my life for my sheep. And now the writer of Hebrews looks back and he says he's the great shepherd because he laid down his life for his sheep, and through his blood, we are part of the fold, and he's going to complete every good work in our life, and that's a glorious thing, and he's also the chief shepherd, you know, sometimes people say, oh, the pastor, he's the shepherd, and pastor and shepherd, they're interchangeable, listen, I am not the chief shepherd, I'm a junior shepherd, I'm an under shepherd, but he's the chief, chief shepherd, and the goal even of the shepherds of this, you know, the under shepherds of this church, the pastors and elders here, is to be being led by the sheep, the, the chief shepherd. Because if we're not being led by the, the, the chief shepherd, then, listen, some sheep are going to get led astray. 
First Peter 5, 1 through 4, it says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I whom am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that, uh, the, of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as an overseer, not by compulsion but willingly, not for dishonest gain but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted in you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. And praise God. Listen, he laid down his life as a good shepherd. Through his blood, we're part of that everlasting covenant. And he's the great shepherd. And hear this. Listen, the chief shepherd is coming back. And uh, he's coming back soon. And we should be waiting with expectation and about his business in the meantime. And, and again, notice here um, where he talks about my sheep hear my voice. And he lays down his life for his sheep. And, and these wonderful truths we looked at. Listen, in Christ Jesus, if he is your shepherd, if you've truly put faith in him. Now, there's a lot of people that, that you know, they profess to know Christ. But Jesus isn't their, their Lord. They've never really put their faith in Jesus Christ. And you think of 1 John where he says, you know, they went out from us because they were never of us. They really never had a real faith. But if you have a real faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you need to examine your heart if you have that. Listen, we're sheep, and sheep are stupid. They're, they're not smart animals. They, they just really aren't. And this isn't necessarily a compliment for us. Sheep need shepherds. And, and sometimes as sheep, we, we go astray, don't we? And... Uh, I know I was a sheep early on in my life, and I went astray for a long time. And I'd hear the shepherd's voice, and I wouldn't listen to him. And yet the shepherd never gave up on me. And he even left the 99 to come and find me. And uh, Luke 15, 4, he says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder rejoicing. And that's the shepherd we have. Because there are men that won't leave the 99 to go get it. They're called hirelings. We just read about them. But the good shepherd leaves the 99 behind, never losing sight of them. And he goes out and he finds that lost sheep. And I love it. He takes that sheep and lays it on his shoulders. And I know all of us in this room that can say, Jesus is my shepherd. We've been laid on his shoulders more than once, haven't we? And listen, every day, every day he goes after us. And, and I love this. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. It doesn't say he lays it on his shoulders, chewing that sheep out, chastising it, drop kicking it back into the fold. He doesn't say that. Now, in a minute here, we may get to it. This may be a, a, a six-verse, two-week psalm here. But he talks about his rod and the rod is a rod of protection. It's a rod that would lead them into green pasture. And it's also a rod of correction. And that's part of his love for us. But let's not, let's not mix up wrath and chastisement because he does not pour out his wrath on his sheep. Wrath is reserved for those that reject him from being his shepherd. But he pours out his love. And sometimes that's even in chastisement through, you know, to his sheep. But he never loses sight of us. And he goes after us, and we won't be snatched out of his hands. <clears throat> and um, I know some people, they start getting into this, and they want to puff themselves up and so forth. And, uh, you know, they talk about losing your salvation and whatnot if you're really saved. And, and my thing is this. 
I've just come to the belief, if I can lose my salvation, I will. I know me. I'll lose it. But as he's my shepherd, he won't lose me. And that's a glorious thing. And listen, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And uh, I love the verbiage in these Psalms. They're, they're just, they're bold and they're solid. He doesn't say, well, I might want, but I shall not want. And I think this is David saying, listen, I don't want right now, and I shall not want. And, and this is a picture of contentment. This is a picture of confidence, knowing my shepherd will, as verse 2 says, lead me to lie down in green pastures, and he will bring me to still waters. And our God wants us to have confidence in his shepherding skills. He does not want us to be shaky sheep that are wondering where am I being led? He wants us to have confidence in his ability to shepherd. And David is exuding that in what he says here, I shall not want. And, and he wants us to have that confidence in thick and thin, in abounding, or whether we're a base. Listen, he talks about green pastures here in verse 2, but in verse 4 he talks about the valley of the shadow of death. I see a shepherd would take his sheep from one pasture to another. And he'd bring them to a pasture, and they would eat there, they would lie down, they would get nourished there, they would get watered there, but eventually, they would need to be led to another pasture. Because if they stayed in that pasture, eventually everything got chomped up, and to continue to grow and to move forward, you have to go to another pasture. And to do that, you have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, and it's kind of abased and abounding, and in both of them, I shall not want, because my God's going before me. And there's times when we're in those green pastures and the fruit's abounding and so forth. And there's other times we're getting pruned back and we're going through trials. And in both of those, we need to know he's my shepherd. I shall not want. God is doing a work and he is on the throne. Paul said this more or less in Philippians 4, 12 through 13. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. That's green pastures and a valley of the shadow of death. Notice what he says, though, in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's one of the most misquoted verses in all of Scripture, verse 13. People take that out to think that it means that in all things, I'll be in a green pasture, because through Christ, I'll be in a green pasture at every turn. No, this is saying, listen, whether I'm in a green pasture or whether I'm tromping through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hebrews 13, 5, just, just to build our faith in this, that I shall not want. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So again, I shall not want. God's with me. I don't need to covet. I don't need to want. God is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. And by the way, I also don't need to fear these men over here that want to try to intimidate me to think that God is not with me anymore. He is with me, so I don't need to fear them. God is with me. He is my shepherd. What can man do to me? Well, they say he can kill you. Yeah, but he can't destroy my soul in hell. 2 Peter 1-2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness to the knowledge of him. I shall not want. I have all things 
pertain to the life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Do you know him tonight? Is he your shepherd? Can you say amen to that? We don't, we, don't need to, we don't need to be anxious. We don't need to covet. You're like, does that mean I don't need to work? No, you need to work. But we don't need to be anxious. We don't need to covet. And you say, well, I want to work, but I don't got work. Well, don't be anxious. Just seek the Lord. You're going through a valley right now. But God's going to go before you. And he'll work it for good. He's going to provide. And I'll give you one more. Philippians 4.18 Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from the Ephrodites the things sent to you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we don't need to want. Verse 2, he, lay, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And this is an idle place for a sheep, is it not? I mean, you know, sheep need to be defended. They're, they're, not, uh, they're not predators. They get, they get preyed upon. And so they need a shepherd to protect them. And an ideal place for a sheep would be a green pasture with still waters where they can eat and they can drink and they can get ministered to. And, and as he is our shepherd, he leads us into those green pastures. Again, sometimes we go down through the valley of shadow of death but he's leading us to a green pasture. And you can even know in the midst of a trial, listen, listen to the shepherd's voice. Get into the word of God. Hear the word of God. Get in prayer so that you can get sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. Lay down your rebellion and those other voices and know, listen, I'm going through a trial, but he's leading me to a green pasture. And he's leading me to those still waters. And ultimately, this life is really... It's a valley of decision, the Bible says, and everywhere you look around, you see death. And you, you see death in the sense of this is a sinful world and the wages of sin is death. But we can know in Christ Jesus, our shepherd is leading us into green pastures. And in fact, in verse 6, David speaks about this, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's like the ultimate green pasture, still waters. That's what we have before us. I love what the Lord said in John uh, 10. 7 through 10, then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And so again, if you want the Lord to be your shepherd, he's the door. You come to Jesus Christ. There's no other way in. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep, the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Isn't that awesome? He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and they, might ha and they may have it more abundantly. Green pastures, still waters. And it's amazing. Listen, some of the best pastures that I've been in have been in the midst of the most crazy situations where you have rest in the Lord and peace knowing that your God's on the throne. And, uh, you know, that he won't leave you nor forsake you, and he's working it all for good. These green pastures, we think of the word of God. You know, a sheep would be brought into a green pasture to nourish them. And again, we're in a green pasture tonight in the word of God, and we want to get in those green pastures every day and opening the word. We want to be a people of the word. And I cannot emphasize to you enough, if you are not in the word daily, you need to get into God's word daily. 
What if a sheep only eats once a week? I'm going to be a healthy sheep. You're not going to get a ribbon at the Mid-State Fair if you only eat once a week. And we won't talk about what happens to those sheep. Some of them. Yeah, lamb chops. <laughs> Devotions is not legalism. You don't have, if you're saved, you don't have to have a devotion. But boy, you're not going to get fed. And your soul's going to grow weary. We got to let him shepherd us. Get into the word of God. Get fed. First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. We want to grow. We want to be nourished. We want to be healthy sheep. He says, I'm leading you to green pastures. Here's my word. We're a blessed people in, in America. I bet everyone here probably has, well, many of us here have more than one copy of the Bible at our house. Probably everyone in this room, or I would, I would venture to guess the majority of the people in this room have a smartphone in their pocket, and you can open up and have access to the Word of God right there. It's a green pasture. Are you being led into it? Well, I feel dry. I, I don't feel like Jesus is shepherding me. Are you going into the green pasture? He says, get into my Word. I mean, all God's Word from cover to cover is full of exhortations. Get into the Word. Don't forsake the Word. And then still waters here. And think about this. It's still waters versus torrents of water. Now, when we get into the word, we get into the still waters. Out of us, he pours forth torrents of living water. As Jesus talked about the spirit of God at work in our lives. But the word of God talks about being tossed to and fro by winds of doctrine in Ephesians 4. And he talks about pastors and apostles and evangelists and teachers and so forth. God giving these men, and in some cases, you know, women to women, teachers and so forth. And he talks about the truth in verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by trickery of men and cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth and love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. So that still waters is a picture of waters we can go drink and not get tossed to and fro. And I'll tell you, you need to get in God's word so that you are getting sound doctrine from the word of God and you know what doctrine is sound because sadly there are certain sheep that are drawn to rough waters and winds of doctrine seeking an experience and you're not going to find green pastures there. And boy, we're in a time unlike any other time where there's people adding to the word of God and taking away from the word of God and many of them are very slick salesmen. And many of them have been propped it up that if you even dare question that hireling, Boy, we're going we're gonna to protest in anger. These are just men. They're just women. It needs to be tested by the word of God. And if it's not in line with the green pasture and the still waters of the word of God, we just say, you know what? Flush it down the toilet, buddy. I ain't going to come and drink from that pasture. And I don't owe you any lip service. I don't owe you any respect. I don't owe you any honor. You're a liar. He wants to lead us into good green pastures. And so we want to be a people of the word of God. And I'll tell you, in this day of this age that we're living of lies, you better get immersed in the word of God. You're like, well, that sounds like work. Well, it's work, but it's, you're going to get fed, man. This is your soul we're talking about. Do you want God to oversee your soul? You want him to shepherd you? Then get in the green pasture. Get in the word of God. You're going to do something with your time, right? 
What are you doing with your time? Like, oh, I, I want to watch all those Olympics you were talking about. You can watch some of those. But don't, don't do that at the sake of not getting in the Word of God in the green pasture that your shepherd wants to lead you into. Listen to this. He lies down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You, you see a personal touch there. He's not far off. He's active in our life. Verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Aren't you so glad that not only when we weren't seeking him, he went and he sought us and he found us and he saved us. And we went from being lost, we went from being under wrath to being restored into right relationship with the living God through the shepherd that laid down his life for us. And then he begins to work practically, uh, beginning to restore what the locusts have eaten to renew our minds, to soften our hearts. He is a good shepherd, is he not? But again, you need to let him shepherd you. You want to get restoration in your life? You want to get restoration in your soul, which goes and align your heart? It's aligned with your mind and how you think and so forth. Then don't hang out on wastelands and get away from toxic waters. And get in the word of God and get your mind renewed. Get into real honest prayer with the Lord. Ask Him, you know, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I, I, I want discernment. I want the gifts that you have for me and so forth. And notice here, He leads me into paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And indeed, when He saved us, He moved us from our righteousness being as filthy rags into perfectly righteous before the living God through him laying down his life for us in Christ Jesus, we are right now in a right standing with the living God. And then past the righteousness goes to the practical side of right living. According to the word of God. If you are not living right before the Lord, that's not the Lord leading you into that. And again, I know we're working that out, and, and, and he's good, and he takes his rod, and we get in here, and he like taps us back over here, and so forth, and we need that daily, because our, our nature as sheep is just to, you know, go off over here and, and go astray, and he understands that here, and we're, we're not talking about one that's wrestling and down that path, learning and, and having all those good things worked out in our lives. There are sometimes a sheep where, where we're making, again, choices that are not leading to right living, and God's hand is not in that. And if you're doing things that are outside of the Word of God and saying, well, listen, the Lord laid it on my heart to do this, that's not the Lord, because He doesn't contradict His Word. He leads us in a path of righteousness for His namesake. And listen, these paths, again, they're the ancient paths, the old paths found in the Word of God. God's Word is for us today. And yet there's many people that, that say, well, listen, listen, there's a new path now. And there's a new thing going on. And God's doing new things in our life, but those new things are going to be found aligned with the Word of God. Proverbs 24, 21, my, my son, fear the Lord and the king do not associate with those given to change. I'll tell you, there's a lot of hirelings today. There's a lot of wolves to say, we need to rethink 
We need to rethink Christianity. We need to rethink church. And maybe practically, sometimes there are some practical things that need to be rethought. But as far as the bread and butter of the word of God and sound doctrine, you better not mess with that. We're called the ancient past, the old past of the word of God, even in a culture where it's crying out, we need to change everything. Yeah, they're changing, and it's getting worse and worse, aren't they? I don't want to get all political, but listen, the guy that's the president right now said, I'm going to bring change, and he has. And I don't think most of it's been for the better. And I have a fear of God for our nation and what's coming next. Oh, my goodness. But I'm going to trust in the Lord. Guess why? Because he's my shepherd. And I don't need to fear. Because God can do whatever he wants. And I read Psalms 2, and it says the nations plot vain things. And they do that on both sides of the aisle. They do that on the elephant side and the donkey side. They're plotting vain things. And God sits up in heaven, and he laughs at it. And he says, those plans are going to come to nothing. And notice again, all this is for his namesake. It's not for our namesake. Colossians 1.16, all things were created through him and for him. He's the chief shepherd. He gets top billing. Let's remember that. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now notice here, we're not called just to graze, we're called to walk. We're not just called to kick it there in that valley, you know, in that green pasture, but he says, now it's time to walk. You got nourished, now it's time to get up and go forward. And Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And if you're going to get up and follow the Lord, there's going to be times when he takes you through some, through some shady valleys and some shadowy valleys. We're called soldiers. I mean, he calls us things in, in the scripture that are, that are rugged, so to speak. But all the time, he's our shepherd. He's called us to get up and to move forward. And again, this is a picture of what these shepherds would do. They would take their sheep into a green pasture. They would find still waters. They would get nourished. That green pasture would begin. What, what happens when you put a bunch of sheep in a pasture? The, 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 the grass goes, right? We got two guinea pigs at our house. Appropriately named. They're little pigs. And you put that green hay in there and they gobble it up. And, and if that was a pasture, they would need to be led to another one. And the sheep eat it. They get nourished, and now it's time to move forward. Listen, if you've been in that same pasture week after week, month after month, maybe year after year, and you're like, I don't know why I'm not growing anymore. You've, you've eaten it all up. It's time to get up and move forward. And sometimes they sit there, and they just bemoan that pasture, three pastures back that was just the most abundant pasture ever, and they just sit, and their life revolves around that which was what, which was. Is that come and gone? It's time to move forward in the Lord. We can thank him for those other pastures, but he wants to get up and lead us into the next place. And if that means going through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I don't need to fear because he is my shepherd. And listen, the last time I checked, shadows can't hurt you. But the enemy, he is a master deceiver. We, when we went camping last week, we were up there in Big Basin, awesome place. I mean, you talk about somewhere where you can just go and give glory to God and these magnificent redwood trees. But the one night I went out of the tent and there was a light behind me and there was a tree in front of me that was, I, I don't know, 200 feet tall, 100 feet tall, I don't know, it was just massive. And I looked up and I'm down here and I went like that and I looked like a giant. Seriously, I looked like it was like a 60 foot tall. Remember like the super friends, Apache, you get all big. Just, just random there, random thought. And I'm like, oh, look it. And, but that, that's just a shadow. And I'm thinking, man, what if like there was some dude that big? That would be crazy. But that's just a shadow. That can't hurt me. Well, but the enemy's a master of getting us to be fearful of shadows. And that's all this is. He's a master of deception. And taking shadows and casting it on the wall like a puppeteer to get us to quake in our boots. And we don't need to fear those things. Because even, even when things do afflict us, we need to know the Lord is my shepherd. And he's even led me along the way through a path to even allow certain things to happen in my life that he will work for good because he's not a lying shepherd. And he said he works all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. In other words, he works all things for good for his sheep. I'm going to stop here because I don't want to rush through the, the end of this. And there's just more we can talk about here. And, and it's worthy of, of taking another week and, and picking it up here. So um, is he your shepherd? Can you say amen to that? Amen. I mean, isn't this encouraging? And at the same time, there's exhortations here for us. And I pray we would heed them and get in those green pastures. Listen, it, it's, again, it's not a, it's not a workspace thing. It's not a legalism. It's not, oh, I'm a Christian, so I got to get in the Word of God. No, you get to get in the Word of God. Amen. And get in the Word of God. Let Him feed you. Let Him minister. Let Him, wash, let him wash you by the Word. Let Him equip you. Listen, it's a world full of lies. There, there's some truth out there, but, but this is a world, man, the shadows are getting massive. And, and just, it was put on my heart when we prayed earlier, this was a... This, this world's delusional. It's just insane. The stuff going on, it's just, they don't even play by their own rules. They're such liars. We believe in science, then none of this is scientific that you're actually real science that you're promoting here. And the stuff that you promote that says science isn't even science because it can't even be proven. I think you know what I'm talking about. And I don't have time and I don't even want to talk more about it. It's just delusional. But remember, the Lord looks upon him and he has compassion. And he cares and he says, you know, pray to the Lord of harvest for laborers. And so let's take heed to these things and then just even rejoice in that he is my shepherd. 
The Lord is my shepherd. Get that in your heart. When fear starts coming, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, I, I would imagine probably a good majority of us already have that memorized. I know many here have this song memorized. I've, I've memorized it many times and then I forget it and I've got to rememorize it. And I thank God for notes. But I don't forget that. The Lord is my shepherd. Heavenly Father, we bless you tonight. We praise you. We just thank you that you are good to us. We thank you that you are our shepherd. And let us just take this and make it personal because it's meant to be taken that way to your sheep. And wash away those fears, God. Wash them away. And tonight, Lord, perhaps there's some that they're, they're, they're Lord, they're, they're going through the valley of the shadow of death, up and over rocks and down through some canyons and a pit and a turn and so forth. Lord, let them rest in you and build their faith, God. And uh, Lord, assure them you're taking them to a green pasture. You are. Your word says that you are. And uh, strengthen us along the way, God. And if you're here tonight and you can't say the Lord is my shepherd and you're saying, Steve, I want to say that. I want to be able to say the Lord is my shepherd. Call out to him. Ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin. It's our sin that separates us from him. And he paid the price so we could be forgiven at the cross. Ask him to forgive you and he will. Ask him to be your Lord and he will. Tell him, Lord, I believe you died for me and you rose from the grave to make that way to be my shepherd. Be my shepherd, Lord. Tell him, I want to be led by you. I'm a dirty sheep. Come clean me up. And he will. And praise God, we come. We come in our filth. He washes us down and he cleanses us by his, by his life. Talking about the blood of Jesus, you're like, maybe you're new here. That's just weird. This life's in the blood. It's speaking of Jesus' life laid down. And when you come to him, you get covered by his life, and it's a sinless life, and you're no longer seen as a sinner. You're seen as forgiven. Positionally, and then practically, he's working out a work in our life to grow us in him and to shape us and so forth. And let me tell you, he's a good shepherd. He is. I know it firsthand. He's a good shepherd. And I rejoice in him tonight. And if you don't know him, I pray you call him that you could rejoice in him too. So Lord, just bless the rest of our night and our fellowship. And we just ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.